When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Syracuse Basketball with Mike Waters, presented by Syracuse.com. College basketball is a great thing. Anything can happen. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by former Syracuse basketball player Buddy Beheim. I talked with Buddy about his Syracuse career, playing for his father, and also playing with his brother and also about the punch that led to the suspension from his final college basketball game. Well, welcome back to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And today we have an extra special guest with us. It's, well, I was going to say Syracuse basketball player Buddy Beheim, but I guess now it's former Syracuse uh, basketball man. player Buddy Beheim. Buddy, how are you? I'm doing well. That that got me a little upset. I haven't heard that yet, so that definitely shook me up a little but I'm doing well doing well former Syracuse player um, crazy and it is official I mean you could come back but that's not gonna happen right yeah I actually just signed uh with the agency yesterday so that's that's out of the picture but uh I'm excited to to be a fan again and see see what next year holds I'm excited to watch these young guys come in and uh, I'm sure they'll be ready to go well, I didn't expect to break news here on a podcast, but um, so you signed, which agency have you signed with? Oh, I signed with Rock Nation. So same one I did my NIL with and just kind of grew with them. And uh, actually the agent I signed with was a former manager at Syracuse, Drew Gross. So kind of worked out great. He's a great guy and uh, I'm excited. So yeah, me and Jimmy did that yesterday. Jimmy too. Yep. Yep. Jimmy too. So a, a package deal, the Bayheim brothers. Yeah, pack, yeah. Package deal. That's how it goes with us now. <laughs> well, that's, and I remember, uh, I remember uh, Drew uh, when he was a manager yeah. at SU. So yeah, that's going to be a comfortable fit. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't ask for anything better than that. So it's exciting. Why not come back? Why, yeah, why, I mean, why do you want to, why, why is it time to move on? Yeah. I've thought about it a lot, honestly. Um, I mean, going into this year, the, this was the the thought. This would be the last year. It just feels like it's time. Obviously, I didn't want, didn't like how I ended it, but to end it with my brother alongside me playing for my dad these last four years, it just felt like it was time to. Over the summer, I worked really hard on getting these guys coming in, getting Justin in, who I think can can be like me, if not, you know, even better. He has all the tools necessary, so I'm excited for him and. I just felt like I, you know, I put a lot of work in these last four years to play here and help this program as much as I could. And, you know, it just felt like it was time almost. Uh, you just get that feeling. You can't really describe it. But, I mean, it, you know, it's been a great journey, a great four years. But I'm kind of ready for what's next. I'm ready to try to play at the next level, prove more people wrong. And, uh, you know, I feel like I had a pretty good year and uh, gave it everything I had. So that's all that matters. And, I think it's time for the future, the next next group of guys to come in and and have their impact. I don't I don't want to hog this spotlight too much, so I'm ready ready to for what's next. 
1,700 and some odd points is enough. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, just, you know, I wouldn't, I didn't want to come back either and take Lawrence's record because that's, that's not fair. Five years is, that's, you can't, I wouldn't want them to count that. So even taking GMAX record, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have been right. So four years is, is plenty for me because, you know, I, I did get to play my freshman year a little. If I didn't, maybe I would have thought about it, but right. I played four years. I played over 20 minutes, 18 minutes since my freshman year and started three years. So can't ask for much more than that. Sure. You know, it's been a remarkable career in, in getting ready for this podcast. I looked back at some, uh, some of the stories I've written about you. One of the very first ones was right after you committed. And uh, somewhere in there was the phrase that he's more than just the son of a coach walk on. <laughs> yeah, that was the phrase. Everyone was saying that when I committed. That's all I heard was, oh, he'll, he's a walk on. He'll be a good walk on. Uh, you know, he'll maybe be a role player one day. And I talked like I talked to I talked on it with Eric yesterday. And I just told him, you know, me and my dad met two days, three days ago now. And we just started laughing, talking about it like, hey, you know, four years ago we were sitting here like, yeah, you'll come in and just work hard and we'll see what happens. Maybe you'll play your sophomore, junior year or whatever. But, you know, I feel like I helped us win four or five games my freshman year, just coming in and making shots. And we talked about that and just kind of, you know, it's crazy where I'm at now and uh, it, it's definitely something we will laugh about for a long time, just coming in ranked 349th in the country. And, uh, yeah, I, we had, I he just, remembers the exact number. Oh, him. I remember, I remember every, every day, you know, it's just one of those things that motivates me. You know, people were saying I was a mid-major player, low D one player. And, uh, you know, I don't think they can say that anymore. No, probably not. Um, you proved a few people wrong. Uh, you exceeded my expectations. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, and I didn't, I wasn't as big of a naysayer as many of them. I, I, no, but, yeah, you had, you had my back for sure. <laughs> a little bit, but still, I, I don't think no. I saw 1700 points. And <laughs> I don't think anyone did. I really don't. I'm not even myself. Uh, yeah, no one, no one saw it. It's just a lot of hard work and just shows you can do anything you that you work towards. And I worked for this my whole life, really. So, you know, it's my life's work and, I owe GMAC, IC Devo, Ryan Cabillas, a lot of people credit for that because I wouldn't be here without them. That's just the truth, and they help motivate me every day. So just a lot of hard work, and I owe a lot of people credit for my success. You know, I, I heard your dad talk after the Duke game when he was asked about this season, and he said it was his best season ever in coaching. And I, and I knew what he meant as a dad. It was he, because he got to be around his two sons all the time. And that had to be special. At the same time, I know it was a hard year for everybody. It was, you know, a losing record. Yep. So how do you look back on this season? It's both, I guess there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. Yeah, obviously, you know, there's, it's bigger than basketball at the end of the day, but it's a season that, you know, people should know we're, you know, we're never going to, get over how it went I mean it, it hurts it, it sucked it, you know to have a losing record and especially the way we lost games like we you know I still think this is the best team I played on one of the best teams at Syracuse I played on you know freshman years freshman year was probably the best with talent wise you know a couple NBA players with O'Shea and Elijah and Frank was really good Tyus is obviously a, one of the great players of players so that team's probably the best but you know comparing this team to the Sweet 16 team last year it's really close. I mean, I think I got better. Joe got better from that year. You know, Cole really shoots it. Jesse 
was one of the most improved players in the league. So, I mean, just, you know, the way we lost games this year, we could easily had 20 plus wins. And that's what's going to hurt the most is that it's not like we were that we were a 16, 17 team. We were better than that, but we couldn't get together and we're going to have to live with that. But trust me, it hurt. It was a tough. It was a lot of ups and downs this year. And, you know, we hated losing more than anything. So it's it's obviously bigger than that. Just playing with Jimmy, you know, playing my dad was amazing and that will never take away from that. But you know, we, we, we want to win at the end of the day. We always have, it's the biggest thing on our minds and we didn't. So you got to kind of live with that and just use it as motivation. Did you ever call your dad coach? And no, before you, I, it never, I really don't think I did. I mean, I, I think I would just get it, say, Hey, or get his attention. I wouldn't say dad. I would just say, I would just say something out loud and he would hope, hopefully he would hear, but I, Maybe like I would joke around with him. And when I left home with if we had the team over, I'd say, shake his hand, say, all right, coach, see you tomorrow. Like that's that's the most I would do was just joke around with him. But never, never dad on the court, never or coach. You know, we focus a lot on you and your brother playing for your dad, but playing with your brother, you got this one year. What was that like for you two? Did it bring you guys closer than you already were or? Absolutely. Um you know, me and Jimmy were close growing up, not that close. You know, he was more reserved, did his own thing. But and, you know, we wouldn't hang out that much. Um, so we kind of we were we had a good relationship. But it was more we were super competitive. So we were fighting a lot growing up. So that was a problem. So I was more with my sister and hanging out with her. But just over, you know, over time in college, we got close. He would text me after games, this and that. We talk a lot and I'd go visit him. But this last year, especially living with him, uh, we hang out every day. We get food together. We watch games together. We we just do so much more now. And, uh, you know, we our relationship's grown so much. On the court, we get on each other still. I yell at him more than I yell at any other teammate. If, if he messes, makes a mistake or if I make a mistake, he'll get on me. But, you know, it's just because I know he can hold – I can hold him accountable at the end of the day. And it, it was it was great having that because I, I know that he's not going to take it to heart. And I could get on him whenever. And, he's you know, he's smart. He's going to make adjustments. And – uh, also, he's a, he's a very good player. He helped us a lot this year. Um, you know, there's no doubt about that. And it was it was a special experience that we'll we'll cherish for the rest of our lives. Even though it went poorly, um, we still were out there together battling, and we got to play for Syracuse, so it's pretty cool. You know, there was one big brother moment. I waited all year to see a big brother moment, like a defender bumps you and he steps <laughs> in. I never saw it. The post-game press conference after the Duke game at the ACC tournament, and we had set the ground rules. You know, I think your dad had even said, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he and Jimmy were going to talk about the game, and then after all the game questions were done, then you were going to speak. And one of the reporters either didn't hear it or just wanted to jump the gun and started to ask you a question because you can't. Yep. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy just – before your dad could stay, wait a second, we said – and I was like, ooh, there's yeah. the big brother instinct. I finally yeah. saw it. Yeah, no, I, that was, I was like, oh, wow. I was, you know, I knew my dad was going to say, he's get, any chance my dad gets to, to correct someone, he's going to do. That's how he is. But, you know, for Jimmy to do that was cool too. They're very similar, but, you know, I know he's going to have my back no matter what. And he also had it in the game. He played his best game of the year. I think he, you know, a little bit of that was he wanted to get me back on the court and, mm -hmm. But watching that game, I was I was very inspired and it was it was a proud moment for me. So I'm very proud of him. And, 
yeah, it was, I mean, just a lot of memories with him this year that will will carry forever. Yeah, I was definitely like, ooh, there's the protective big brother moment. I was like, I Jimmy was like, he beat your dad to the punch. Yeah, no, he got, I was surprised too. I looked over and if I, you know, I was, I was going to, I wanted to let a smile will be like, yeah, that's my, that's my big bro. But it was, it was a cool moment for sure. I don't think many people noticed that. So that was cool. Um, you know, something else that I, I think a, a lot of people did notice is when you did address the media after the Duke game. And I'm going to, uh, there's a couple of questions I want to ask about that. But the one is in the middle of, of your, you were talking and you stood, you sort of stopped for a minute. I couldn't tell whether you were choking a little, choking up a little or, but your dad started to say something and you said, I got this. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I, I didn't hear him at first. So I thought he was, you know, he really said, oh, I'll handle that part after. I think he meant after I go, but yeah. I thought he meant, oh, he's going to take, try to take over and, def, you know, and I was like, no, I, I, I'm not here to argue that. I'm not here to complain about anything. I'm going to say what I have to say because, you know, and the, at first I woke up and I was like, I need this. I can't not say anything. I don't, you know, the tweet, I saw the tweet and I was like, ah, this is okay, but I need to apologize myself just because I couldn't, no, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't really do anything. I just, you know, I was very upset with myself, obviously, but I wanted to say something myself. So, you know, I texted Pete Moore that morning was like, hey, can I do media today? Like, I don't want to take away from the game, but I need to do this. And then he said, yeah, is your dad okay with that? I texted my mom and got that approved, talked to him before the game. Like, he's like, you know what you want to say? I was like, I have a good feeling. Like, I know what I, when it happens, I don't know what to say. And I, so I started going and, you know, I had a good, wanted to say some more things before I was done, but he, he kind of cut me off. I was like, no, don't do this to me. Like, I want to say this, like, I need to say this. And so I just was like, all right, I got like, I'm going to finish what I have to say. But uh, he, I think he knew that after, but uh, he, he just was very upset with how the ACC handled it. And I wasn't there to talk about that. I didn't want to take away from the great game, the performance or anything. I just had to say that. And then I would have been fine with leaving right after that, but that's, I wanted to get that across and just apologize really. I mean, I got to say, I got a heads up before the game from Pete Moore that you were likely to come talk to the media after, because I was asking him if I could talk to you because I didn't figure you would come to the press room. So I was hoping maybe outside the locker room or something, maybe. And I was like, yeah, the odds of this are slim. But then when he responded, well, he's coming into the, post-game presser I was like you gotta be kidding I mean um you sort of addressed it but why why do that why did you really feel like you wanted to come in because I had to tell you there's a lot of professional athletes that for a lot of reasons won't come in and talk to the media after even a loss much less something like you had to go through yeah it was definitely not easy um I honestly just woke up that day and was like you know, I need to do this. I, I just, I just had a gut feeling like I should do this. This is the right thing to do. Um, really, no one told me anything to do it or not. I think more people were like, don't do it or surprised I wanted to do it. And right. I just said, I need to do this. Like, this is my last game. This was probably going to be my last game at Syracuse, my last moment. I'm not going to, even if it wasn't, I just feel like I owed, you know, people an apology, you know, to it. Social media and all that's fine, but just, you know, saying something over the phone is not, you know, they don't see how torn up I was. I really was torn up about it because I never, 
did anything in my career that was dirty or anything. And I see, you know, people are getting such a wrong perception. That's social media today. People, you know, can twist things and, oh, he's such a dirty player now. He's, you know, look at him and this and that. And that's not me at all. And I just wanted people to know that, that I, I really did feel terrible about it. And it was not out of, you know, there was nothing that led up to it that I was like, oh, I'm going to try to hurt this guy right here or anything. It was just a heat of the moment exchange. And I just wanted people to know that I was sorry. And I just had to feel like I had to say something myself. And uh, yeah, so it was really just a gut gut feeling that I wanted to do. And uh, I'm happy I did it. I, I definitely learned a lot from that situation and just tried to handle it the best way I could. I really wasn't too worried about the suspension. I just, I wanted to let people know I was more upset with myself than anything. Um, it almost wasn't your last game at Syracuse. If, if it was the length of a high school game instead of a college game, four minutes less, you know, you guys, the rest of the guys almost pulled off an incredible upset. Oh, the best, best game of the year. I mean, with me, I don't think we do any better. I really don't. I don't think we even get that close. I mean, just the way they played out there, Samir was distributing so well. He filled in so great. They just played with so much heart. Um, I mean, they really gave it everything they had that game. It was beautiful to watch. I was, I was so inspired watching. I was like, man, if we win, I should sit out again if we're going to, you know, this is, we, we lost them by 30 with me two times. Like, this is incredible. So I was so proud watching those guys. Jimmy played his best game of his career. He was playing against two future top 10 picks and he was, he was killing them. He was killing them and making, making tough shots. And it was, it was awesome to see. So, you know, at the end of the day for them to go out like that, I was proud. Um, I was proud and it would have been great to play again, but if we lost by 30, I would have been devastated. But, you know, I felt like I let them down, obviously, at first not being out there, but just watching how they came together and played, it was it was awesome. I couldn't have been prouder. In those 24 hours where everybody else is freaking out about your suspension and everything and how that's going to affect the game, your father comes up with the triangle in two. Yeah. So while while also throwing a few arrows at the ACC for, the, for how the referees oh, handled yeah. it, but – when did you, when did he tell the team and how, and how did the triangle and two get introduced to you guys? Yeah, we actually went to St. Francis and did a walkthrough and just had our street clothes on and he went over and said, Hey, Cy, you're going to have Griffin. You're not leaving him at all. And Joe's going to guard uh, Keels and not let him get anything. And then we're going to just, we're going to have a body on Mark Williams the whole time. Cause he, you know, a guy like him is, it's the worst thing for the zone. Not being Caro, you know, it's him because he's such a lobster. You can throw it over the forward side every time he's going to dunk it. He's 7-1. It's, it's, it's impossible to stop him against his zone, and especially with the players they have. So we just said, hey, Brahma, keep a body on him at all times. If he, if he leaves the paint, you can stay down low. But if he's in the paint, that's your guy. Keep a body on him. Don't let him get off. Don't let him get rebounds, anything. So – just stopping him was our main focal point. And also A.J. Griffin, who killed us the first two games. He had three points maybe last game, and Van Caro struggled. And, you know, we really did everything we could. But Jeremy Roach and Wendell Moore beat us. And at the end of the day, you have to live with that. Jeremy Roach is their seventh guy. And he had shots that, you know, he usually makes a couple of those, but not not as many as he hit that night. But, you know, credit to them. He's a good player. Obviously, they're they're great players. But – at the end of the day, you live with those guys beating you. How? What did you do with yourself um, before the game, 
uh, the minute, you know, it's sim- this is similar to a question I asked Cal Ripken one time. I asked him on the day where he finally didn't play when the streak was ended, what did he do that day? And he said he was so to- totally out of sorts, didn't know what to do with himself. He said he roamed around. He went to the bullpen. You know, he, he admitted it was weird. It was uncomfortable. No, it was weird. It was weird. Uh, I never missed a game in my career besides the COVID. And I was at my house last year watching the games. That was that's probably the weirdest thing ever watching us play on TV. And I'm at home. Um, yeah. That was super weird. But it was just a weird <laughs> year. But I mean, that night I was up all night when I found out. I mean, I was, you know, I was bawling my eyes out for 15 minutes, whatever it was, just nice. couldn't stop crying. And then I was like, all right, now what do I do? You know, I just hang around. And, and my biggest thing was just stay busy. Uh, when I got to the arena, I went out and rebounded, passed, tried to guard guys, just keep my mind busy. I wasn't trying to think about, oh, I, you know, it was hurting because every two minutes I'd be like, man, I want to be out there warming up right now, getting ready to play. But it was just, sorry, right, help the team out any way possible, rebound, pass, talk to guys, let them know what I think, you know, Wendell Moore is going to do regarding me last time, last couple of times we played them, his tendencies and just help in any way possible, keep my mind occupied because it was going to hurt. But at that point, I was, you know, my dad just told me, all right, be the best cheerleader you can today. And that's that's what I tried to do is just cheer these guys up, lift them up every time, you know, if someone misses a shot, just tell them keep shooting, whatever it was. So kept my mind as busy as possible. But those 24 hours up to it, it was the longest 24 hours of my life, probably. I had to be brutal, I had to be, you know, for, for any player to, to not play and for the reasons that it had to be brutal. Um, so what's next? You, you, you signed with an agency. So what yeah. happens next? So these next, you know, I have the luxury of having just an amazing facility here, amazing coaches and trainers. So these next two or three weeks, I'm going to work out here still and get workouts in with GMAC and Ryan, get my last, you know, couple workouts in with them. It will be bittersweet, just all the amount of time I've spent with them. But after that, going to evaluate, then eventually head down to the city, start working out with uh, the trainers they got down there, some really good NBA trainers, and they'll have some players down there that are trying to go to the draft as well. So it'll be cool to work out with them and, you know, just hang out down there, get get ready to spend a lot of time working out, getting my body right. And then, you know, around May, tr- hopefully do some workouts with teams and, uh, see about the combine, you know, if I get invited or not, go to the G League one definitely and try to work my way into a spot. But just really just work hard and do try to do well as well as I can in the workouts and stuff and see where it goes from there. If I get drafted or not, it's it's fine. But have a chance in summer league to hopefully open up some eyes and, you know, it'll be cool doing this all with Jimmy. So I'm excited and it will be a fun process. You know, it's it's definitely bittersweet, but it's also a new opportunity, new new thing I can prove more people wrong in. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, when people start to ask me about, well, do you think Buddy can play in the NBA? I'm like, well, after my high school to college experience with him, I'm not saying no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, man. I'm I'm gonna work. I'm gonna try to make it happen some way or another. And you know, I'm okay with it if it doesn't work out. I got to play at Syracuse. That's that's all I ever dreamed about. So this is even more than I could have ever imagined. Um, of course, so now we know Buddy and Jimmy Bayheim have played their last games at Syracuse. So now we'll turn our attention to the third Bayheim. When we... <laughs> yeah, he's still going. He's still going. See, now you wonder when he's going to retire. And I know he hates that subject probably more than any other right now. 
But, you know, your favorite football player, Tom Brady, retired. And then a month and a half later, Tom Brady's coming back. He's back. You can't get rid of him, just like my dad. It's – I don't know. I really don't. I mean, you know, he says, oh, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe another year, maybe two years, but that could be four years, five – you just don't – not five years. But, Are we talking about I mean, Tom think, or your dad? <laughs> oh, Tom – Tom's probably one, two more years, I think, Tom. But it's the same with my dad, really. It, it's, it could be it could be this year. It could be two years. It could be, you know, three. I don't think he does anything more than three, more than two, maybe more than two. But it's it's his decision. And, you know, if he keeps it to himself, he does. If he lets people know he does. He, I mean, we don't really talk about that just because it's – I know he, he loves it so much. He still has that same passion every day. He's still – he's doing a great job. He's really excited about, you know, these guys coming in and – thinks that there's a lot of possibilities. So these guys, you know, we have five five guys coming in, really good players. Hopefully he's still waiting on Judah, but they're coming in because because he's there. He said, you know, he let them know I'm going to be here next year and we'll see after that in the next couple of years. But they're coming in for him and he knows that he's not going to, you know, he's not going to leave because of that. These guys are excited to come in. They're very good players. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for him to, you know, work with them and it's exciting. So, he still can do it. He still got it. And, you know, we'll, I'm excited to see what he does next year. I know it'll be pretty cool. Now, every former Syracuse player I've ever talked to has a story about your dad, either tearing into them individually or, or, do, or laying into the team. So now as a former Syracuse player, I'm going to ask you <laughs> for a story about your dad as coach. Okay. Yeah. Um Man, he's definitely ripped into a lot of guys um, since I've been here. Uh, nothing too crazy that I can think of. Um, I've heard locker rooms. Have, I've heard buses. I should have sto- more stories ready for this, but <laughs> I really don't have anything crazy that I can think of. I mean, just arguments here and there, the normal stuff. Um but like people, honestly, like the coaches talk to us about it every day. Like he's so much nicer now than he, he was, you know, even 10 years, eight, five, six years ago. Like he doesn't, he yells at guys and picks up chairs and stuff, but he doesn't, he, he really isn't that bad anymore. Like he'll just, he'll get on guys for a minute and, you know, that's it. But I mean, he definitely got on the transfers a lot this year. His, one of his favorite things was to get on Jimmy, like, this isn't Cornell anymore. That's one. That was one of his favorite lines. Was this isn't Cornell or this isn't Marquette Sai or Cole? I see why you know Villanova didn't play you that more than that didn't start you or anything. He got on Cole a lot about Villanova. So his big thing this year was the transfer picking on the transfers and their old schools. You know, court, this isn't Cornell. You know, this this isn't the Ivy League. This and that. So you know that that was his biggest thing this year, but. You know, he didn't have any crazy rants like he used to, probably. So Jerry and Red and Griff will tell stories. They 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 say yeah. it was worse. Yes, yeah. a thousand percent worse. But when when he does yell at someone, they'll be like, "That's my coach." That you know, they they love it. They love it because that's how he used to be every day. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so your immediate future is you're going to go get ready for the draft. You're going to work out. You know, you're going to have a career wherever it leads you. And we've talked about this once or twice before. Your future after a playing career ends, it might involve you coaching, right? 
Yeah, hopefully that's the goal. Just something in basketball. I love it. I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, I have a lot of knowledge on it, just the game in general and also just connecting with players. You know, I feel like I've been helping with the recruiting process a lot too. So I just feel like it's something I want to do and uh, get into. I mean, I love basketball so much. It's all I've really worked on my whole life is playing basketball and being around the game. I've been around Coach K and a ton of the best, best players, best coaches in the world. So I want to do it and that definitely, you know, we'll see how long I can play for. Hopefully it's a while, but um, I think just playing at the next level too will help, you know, me with my, you know, experience and just it will give me a, a good, you know, reputation already with that and who my dad is. So, I mean, the knowledge is there, the experience is there, learning from being around practice these last 18 years of my life, going to practice every day. So I feel like I've learned a lot and know what it takes to be a successful college coach, which is probably where I'd want to end up. Hopefully Syracuse, but I'll really, you know, start anywhere. Well, we'll see where your future leads you. That'll be awesome. Um, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, giving us some of your time, um, talking about all the variety of subjects and breaking news too. I that That's amazing. Good luck to you. It's the first step in your pro career. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for everything that you do for your Syracuse basketball. You know, it's been I love reading your stuff, so thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. We'll get you a subscription. <laughs> I want to thank Buddy for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.